And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Go to theathletic.com slash down to dunk and get the athletic for a discounted rate, which I believe is 30% off. It's a great deal. You should go do it. Nice. Go read, all, read all kinds of stuff. With me, as always, on Mondays, is my good friend, Michele Barra. Michele, what's up? Well, it's uh, it's Monday. We are here talking about uh, small market teams, apparently. <laughs> like, very small. Uh, um, that are, like, tanking, clearly tanking. Yep. And clearly thank tanking. you for letting us know. We yep. were and aware. <laughs> Yeah, if you uh, haven't listened to the Saturday Slam and Jam, uh, you should go check that out. It's on. If you don't even know what it is, there are some people like, I don't even know what that is. Uh, it's on the Athletic NBA show. Alex Spears and I do a show every Saturday. Uh, you should subscribe to the Athletic NBA show anyways, but you could listen on Saturdays. And uh, we had pretty much an Oklahoma City Thunder-centric show where we decided to uh, dunk all over Mo DeKeel for his... Uh, just atrocious thunder takes, but it was almost too easy. Uh, I do love Mo. Big shouts to Mo. Mo's a great guy. Typically very smart, but uh, in the last uh, Nerder episode on on Friday wasn't so much. So he just teed us up perfectly to have a nice little uh, thunder segment. So go check that out if you haven't already. Uh, let's see where to start. Let's start with these jerseys. They released. The, the look of these new jerseys, they actually have them displayed on this mannequin that doesn't have a head or arms, so it's hard to nice. know what the jersey will look like with a head and arms attached to it. Um, but they're is all it? white. What is it? Is it is it art? Really? They, they will look terrible. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like them? No. You don't like white and gray? Uh, no. C- can we have... A jersey that is like that other like fans want to buy, not just OKC's fans. Like for example, they've had some. My, they've had some. Last yeah. year's last year's city jerseys, I was surprised. I didn't I didn't love them, like kind of mm-hmm. the race car looking ones. Yeah. But like I talked to Blake Murphy, who's covers the Raptors, still covers the Raptors, yeah. but used to work at the Athletic. <laughs> he loved them. They were one of his favorite jerseys in the league last year. I was surprised, and like Blake Murphy's like a cool guy, like knows no stuff, cool guy. And I was like, okay. "Wow!" I said I didn't even know. I have a friend who is uh, like all into design and stuff like that. He, mm-hmm. um, he worked also for some MBA projects. Uh, I don't remember exactly, but I'll, I'll find it. Um, he did our logo at Chartside, and oh, yeah. he always he always tells me like I could do better. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I, yeah. I believe him. Uh, no, to me, they, they should just do something that pops a little bit more. Um, yeah. And and hey, maybe it's uh, it's surely on brand. Like, yeah, um, yeah. I, I just want something that is more like I don't know. It's either traditional or something that pops. Something yeah. that looks like the um, some like like underwear color, not great. <laughs> I I did like the the teal like Native American ones I mm-hmm. had the year that yeah. PG was yeah. here. Those were cool. That was like the PG Schroeder year. Uh, yes. I liked those. I thought those were cool. I wish they would have done a court because they're doing a court for these two, which just seems odd. It's like okay, let's wait till like we get the most bland uniform that we've ever made that mm-hmm. has really has two colors but it has multiple colors just because the loves logo is so giant that it's just going to stick out like a sore thumb on there um but let's wait till that one and then we'll grayscale the court and it i think it'll actually look kind of cool yeah and they're going to use this on friday nights uh down at the paycom center but it is just—it's just funny that this is the one you do it. I wish they would have done it for the Native American style jersey. I think that would have been pretty cool to, to have. But that but there. that like like or no like uh, that was significant. Like that shirt was. Yeah. This one, I don't know. I I don't see the concept behind it. I I, I just don't. Um, but it like, like melds like all the jerseys and all the styles that they've ever had into one. There's there's like a press release about it that talks about why they did what they did. But it's okay. uh, Shea, Shea said he liked it in a video produced by the Thunder. So nice. <laughs> the, the key the keyword the keyword here is produced. <laughs> <laughs> you can do it. Like you know better than me. You can do anything these days. You can do a lot of things. You can do some things. Uh, Mike Muscala's reaction was just really funny to me. Uh, I think I think Joe Masato tweeted out the video, but they have it. It's out there too. The Thunder tweeted out as well. So um, go check that out. Interesting. Just just something else for you, Thunder fans. Some people really like them. Other people don't. I still want to wait until I can see it with my own two eyes. I want to sure. see the jersey with arms and a head as a part of it before I make any judgment. This is we've only seen it with legs. That's just I don't know. Yeah, but but that's fine. I'm sure that when the Miami Vice jersey came out, yeah, anyone would want that. I I did. It's true. I, I thought They're hard cool. about getting one. What would you? But like, what's like something like Miami Vice that Oklahoma City has that would be? I mean, that's really more of a question for me than it is for you. Yeah, I was about to say, <laughs> I, I have no idea. But hey. I don't know. But it's I don't like, know what it, it would be. It was just cool. Like, the, the colors, yeah. the, the, the like, it, it was just a jersey that, I mean. Yeah. Uh, anyone. Uh, like, at, at a certain point, you don't care about the the team. It's just, that, that looks so cool that you, you, you just buy it. And... True. That I I didn't have the same impression on the white and gray. <clears throat> yeah, maybe it will yeah. look amazing on them. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. Sure, Poku wasn't in the video. I feel like Poku would just look clear in this jersey. It would just be yeah, be, yeah. <laughs> be very interesting to see Poku wearing this jersey. But 
anyways, something new for you, Thunder fans. That's kind of fun. New stuff is fun. And let's take a look at the standings real quick. Uh, in the regular standings, the the Thunder are tied with one win in the Western Conference. It's the Pelicans have one. Houston has one. And the Clippers have one. The Thunder play the Clippers tonight in Los Angeles. So that's a it's a very interesting game. It's it's one that I think a lot of Thunder fans would say, uh, park the tank for a moment and let's mm-hmm. go try to win this game. Because it's actually beneficial for the Thunder to win this game uh, against the Clippers. Because the Thunder will likely just end up not having very many wins anyways. Mm-hmm. And so if you're a Thunder fan, you want them to have wins that actually mean something. Like I don't yep. give a rip about getting the win at home against San Antonio on Sunday. Where it's a good thing that the Spurs aren't playing the Thunder on a Friday night with their gray dark gray jerseys to blend in with the light gray and the gray like there's too much gray. So don't let San Antonio play in OKC on a Friday <laughs> night number 1. But I don't care about that win against San Antonio. Don't even get it. Leave that win alone, Thunder. Go get this one tonight, and it actually means something. And obviously the team is going to try to win every game they play. I know. Mm -hmm. The coaching staff wants to win every game they want. I know. The team isn't designed to win. I know. But still, for your rooting interests only, root tonight for the Thunder to win. Because the Clippers are likely going to get it together at some point, as long as Paul George stays healthy. Yeah. They're probably not going to play this poorly. They've lost some close games. I don't anticipate them, if they remain healthy, to have such a bad record. But if you can help them have a bad record, Thunder, go do it. This could this yeah. this is a relatively winnable game. The, Cl- the Clippers have not played great basketball so far. No, uh, even if their net rating is not that bad, um, they are not like uh, they don't have the net rating of a team that is winning just one out of four, one out of five. Um, Whereas OKC clearly has a net rating of a team that is winning one out of six, Um, in part with Detroit and the Magic's and and, and the Magic and also, well, just about them. Um, The other ones have like lesser uh, egregious net rating. So I I want to see, though, the effect, um, and this cannot be clearly stated in one game or we'll need a little bit more, but it was stark, the home-away effect uh, so far. Like, when they were home, they had a different different approach uh, at the beginning. And on the road, not so much. Um, the three-point uh, percentage are extremely skewed right now. Uh, and I wonder, I wonder if that is just young players play better at home, uh, role players play better at home. And we, when they are on the road, it's just... Shay and if Shay doesn't go like full throttle, then yeah. then the team is just what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, something that might prevent the Thunder from playing well tonight is Lou Dort is out with a shoulder contusion. Uh, mm-hmm. Shouts to James Anderson in the chat for cluing us in on that. So that's a it's a pretty big deal when one of your mm-hmm. uh, one of your competent players that will help you win games is going to sit out. Uh, who would uh, who would you slide in to the starting lineup if you were Mark Degnault? Uh, Kenrich. 
Yep. That's the correct answer. Ding, ding, ding. Who are our other can- <laughs> who are our other candidates? Um, nobody really. Uh, I mean, to me, y- you just start him. And the only other possibility to me is to um, maybe you start Pokushevsky, but I. I They're not going to. I just I don't I believe it. they would actually do that. I mean, to me, exactly. it, it's to me the candidates. Judging from what we've seen so far, is Kenrich or Teo? Yeah, or maybe Ty. Uh, maybe Ty. Not- I would like. I would actually like to see what Ty would do in the rotation. By the way, I know like there's the Maladon, Maladone, um, and Dignall may be saying it wrong, but he calls him Maladon too. So, just throwing that out there. That's all. Um, but yeah, I would say it's probably between those three. I, I think won't help if you, you want- pronouncing a French name better. Huh? I won't help you pronouncing the French name better. <laughs> I was just... You can you can disrespect that pronunciation as many times as you want. Okay. Music to my ear. <laughs> I will never let you say Banchero, though. You need to say Banquero. Banquero. Okay. Yes. I can do that. Gosh. I can't even talk about him. I just refuse to talk about him. I can't even do it. I won't do it. Can't do it. Uh... I would say that Teo's the, the the sneaky guy that probably might squeeze in there to the starting lineup, but I think Kenrich makes the most sense, especially playing against this team. Mm-hmm. Like you want to start, like Lou would have started on Paul George. Yes. And the only other guy that you feel like you could put on Paul is Kenrich. And so yes. they probably put Kenrich in the starting lineup and play him big minutes against PG. And which Kenrich might be a better matchup than Lou, just because he's a little bit bigger. Mm-hmm. Not that like Lou like gives up whole. The only thing Lou gives up is height. Like that's the only thing. Like yes. strength wise, like, he's crazy strong. He'll get up in your grill. So it's not. I'm not saying that Kenrich is better, but uh, I yeah, I think that that makes the most sense. Just start Kenrich, stick him on Paul George, and, and see if you can get something going. And then you just like try to give Reggie Jackson the ultimate green light because he's been really, really struggling out the gate for for this team. I mean, I think he's shooting like in like the 30s, like low 30s Sweet. Uh, from the field, which is <laughs> just a, a nice fat regression to the mean there from the playoffs for Reggie Jackson. Like the contract year, Reggie was great. This season, 14 points on 31% from the field, 29% from three. He's taking 10, almost 10 threes a game, shooting 29%. Wow. They you want to know why they're losing? Like, <laughs> that's that's a pretty nice indicator of why they're losing. And then Eric Bledsoe, 26 minutes per game, shooting 37% from the field, 18% from three. Wow. I mean, just... This is, like, rough. unpredictable. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, Who could have predicted such a thing? Yeah, not, maybe not to this degree, but the fact that you have two point guards that are like very, very streaky, it's uh, yeah. it's an issue. Uh, back on the Dort on on Paul George, I think that it's not bad to have a little bit more size on on a guy like Paul George. Yeah. Uh, I think he he's a guy that can easily shot on someone else's head. Like if he has. Yep. Like if he can see the basket, that is much better for him. Um, and and so. Maybe Kenrich can do something. We'll see. Paul is mm-hmm. is like scorching hot right now. So I, I yeah. fully expect him to go 
just off because OKC does not have any rim protection at all, and and he can do anything. No. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, we can criticize Paul for like a lot of stuff, but that season when he when he had it, that that MPP voting thing, he was <laughs> insanely fun to watch. Like he's very good. <clears throat> we were like it's, having it's like, like a, yeah, like, like we were just in awe of Paul, and we had to find multiple reasons not to be extremely mad at Russ for mm-hmm. part of the season. But mm-hmm. that moment was just, he was just insane. He was just eating everything. He was just like playing like over his head and it was so much fun. So, and he's kind of a player that, that type of player, those smooth guys, that is probably why, and this is like such a weird translation and and it's, it's such a weird, um, not translation is not the word. I always miss the word. Um, anyway, um, that's why I want to see Wiggins on the court. He's not yeah. Paul George, not not really at that level. But mm-hmm. I think that I mean I, I like when he plays because he's smooth and and we miss he's that smooth. kind of player in OKC uh, mm-hmm. on this roster. I don't think that they have this guy tall wing that can move off the screen, move off screens, and just shoot outside from the outside. Mm-hmm. That is something that um that I think um we miss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, without a doubt. He Wiggins will get his chance. I'm mm-hmm. feel f- very confident about that. Just because, and and Mark's been so just been blatant about it. He's people ask him about like, well, what's the second unit gonna do? Or what's it? he's like, or what, like, tell me about this about the rotation. He's like, there's no rotation. There's no second unit. Like that's not a thing with this team. And to me, that's it's very good because it's a step. It's a it's a big step toward like development only, you know, type of stuff where he's using, and it's all very intentional. It's all very well thought out because I think that at at some point we, as fans and observers of this team, think that like just getting minutes period is like a good like teacher of the game, mm-hmm. but. You know, Mark demands certain things of these players. And if they don't do the things he's asking them to do, he won't let them play big minutes. Yeah. And he, I promise you that Mark Degnault wakes up and goes to bed every single day thinking about development. Like, yeah. that's like his thing. That's what he wants to do. And there's a lot of intentionality that goes on. And just handing minutes over to players is a thing that I don't, he's obviously been unwilling to do it, which hopefully will end up, it'll be good for some players and it may be bad for others. I mean, not everybody is going to develop into something here at o- in, mm-hmm. in the in an organization like Baisley. I don't know what he will end up being, but Mark, you know, played him like 18 minutes the other night just because he wasn't doing the things he wanted him to do. And then the night that he was, like, he played well against the Lakers. He played him big-time minutes. So I think that's kind of the right way to do it. And he's he's talked about, like, eating your broccoli and, you know, having your Skittles whenever, you know, you earn them kind of thing. And it's just I, – I think that he's really trying with this group to, you know, balance – you know what? What's good for development? What's bad for development? And what's 
what are the right habits you need to have and what are the wrong ones. And he's trying to weed those bad habits out of a lot of these yep. players because you could just throw a Poku out there for 30 minutes a night, every single night. Like they kind of had to at the end of last season when it was just atrocious basketball every single night. Mm-hmm. And I think that Mark might even say, like, I don't know exactly what that was teaching him. You know, he got experience, he got reps, but yeah. I think that he's spending the beginning part of this season teaching, here are the things that we need from you. You have to do these three things. And if you do these three things, then minutes will open up for you. So I'm just, I'm interested to see what that looks like over the coming weeks. We have a, just the tiniest sample size of data. It's just, it's almost just useless. You know, we're, I'm going to yeah. go through some stats and stuff here in a little bit, but it's all with like the entire salt shaker of salt. It's not, this is, this isn't stuff that we should take to the bank. This isn't stuff that you should be going around telling people about, you know, Josh Giddy's passing or this or that, or his assist turnover or whatever. Like there's some impressive stuff in there, certainly. Uh, and mm-hmm. there's also some really bad stuff in there for other guys. And we need 20 to 30 games to really suss out like, okay, well this is real. Yeah. You know, like Poku's shooting is really, is really not coming along or Giddy's passing really is in this elite class. Like amongst forwards, he's been one of the best passers in the league. Will that will that continue? I mean, I I think that it definitely could, but I'd like to just see more. Yeah, I I completely agree. Um, I did an entire question of the day on Poku and Baisley. Um, I'll give like a sneak peek here. I think that um, I I want to see more of the reasons. I, I would love to know more of the reason why Baisley is ahead. Uh, maybe it's a practice thing. Maybe it's um, maybe there are assignments that Poku misses when he's on the court. Mm-hmm. But I don't see the good from Baisley. I I saw the game against the Lakers. But again, if you need eight threes regularly in order to be effective, I don't I don't know if that is the role uh, that OKC needed that at that spot. And to me, having um, a better like spot up shooter, which like saying that 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 Poku is better than Basley is kind of uh, probably <laughs> reaching a little bit, but yeah. but but you know what I mean. Like the shot looks yeah. so much better, um, and I think that Basley can be your like guy off the bench that 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 creates stuff like the Clarkson guy. I never liked a guy like Clarkson uh, in any team, but in Utah. He makes sense of the bench. He creates. He's not afraid. Uh, he's getting better at being efficient. And maybe this is the role for Baisley, like a guy that can create and take his own shot, um, that can lead a transition. But when you need, when you have starters around, you don't need the ball in your hands. Like if the defense is leaving you open in on an island, like ask you why. And I know that they will probably do the same with Pokushevsky, but Poku at least... I don't know. I trust him more as a spot-up shooter and a passer. And um, yeah. I think that, that those two skills are better with, uh, with the current roster. Um, maybe it's just the defense. Maybe maybe it's just the time. They don't want to give up on Basley that soon. But I don't know. Like, um, I'm not convinced. Uh, I'm not convinced of the choice. I'm not convinced that this is maximizing uh, Poco's development path. Uh, but hey, what, what do I know? Uh, <laughs> Like yeah, I'm here, I, and Mark says him uh, sees him every single day. So, but I, I would like to know more about that. Let's put it this way. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm interested too. And I think we'll have more answers with time. Mm-hmm. And you know, the truth is like this whole team's just not shooting well. You know, yeah. full stop. They're as a team, they're twenty nine percent from three. And some of that's like it's it's pretty astonishing. <laughs> like Shea's shot forty two threes in these six games, which is great. Only thirty three percent for him. He got really, really got going against the Lakers, mm-hmm. um, but it's kind of struggled in every other way. Like really, the only guys that have shot it well from three are Kenrich at forty percent, six of fifteen. Uh, he continues to very much impress from deep, even though it's not a lot of attempts. It's still good. Um, Jre, I guess I'm going to call him Jre. I don't know. I'm just I don't know, guys. Just leave me alone about that for just a little bit. He's shooting forty six percent. He's six of thirteen. From three, as is Mike Muscala, six of thirteen. So, and then everybody else is pretty bad. Like Trey Mann, thirty-three percent. Ty Jerome, twenty-five. Poku, twenty-three. Lou, twenty-two. Baisley, seventeen. Teo's two of twelve. You know, lots of lots of struggle. Like if you want to look at two things, if you just want to say, what are the two things that are keeping the Thunder from winning games? It's it's a three-point shooting. It's the you know, free throw shooting, they haven't been very good, 72% overall. Like, that's not great. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Uh, and then the defense. You know, the defense is not good. The The interior defense in particular is not ever going to be good this season, um, which feels like it's a design, like a, uh, a mastermind designed this team to uh, get a top pick. And, yeah. you know, you look at some of the guys that are available at the top, and some of those guys could help fill – that hole at center, you know, there's, it's a pretty, to me, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see where everything ends up, but if they can end up in the top three, I think that's what you want. Really top two, like yeah. give me a top two for OKC in this draft. And, you know, I think that you, you find yourself in a very favorable scenario. And if the Clippers can't get it together, you know, maybe you get two top 10 picks in this draft and then yeah. really give yourself a chance. Like seven and eight, sweet. <laughs> yeah, great. Uh, speaking of top ten picks, Jalen Smith uh, had his third year option declined by the Suns. Such holy a great moly. pick! Wow, who could have seen that coming? That that is that is though like embarrassing. Like it's nobody, bad. really nobody, mocked him there. Nobody. No. I think I had him in like the, I think I had him at like 29 or something. 28. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Because I mean, it's a big band that maybe will be able to shoot. Maybe. Uh, And you draft him at 10. That with with Aiden there. And, and and with plans of getting, they probably already got charged or it was the, the off season. Like, what are you doing? Like, they had charged already. Yeah. It's, they, they they probably got in Kaminsky. I don't remember. Like yeah. they, they, it's it's so bad. Like it's it's not that. But imagine, like we 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 said it many times. Imagine Tyrese was there. Like, <laughs> well, let me let me read the list of players that they could have had. Yeah. What about Devin please. Vassell? You think Vassell could have helped? Like, yeah, Vassell's yes. good. Vassell's yes. good. Halliburton, uh, Kyra Lewis would have at least been a nice backup point guard option. Aaron Neesmith. Would have been great. 
Cole Anthony, I understand. Cole has been actually pretty good for the Magic this year. Like at least he's like a spark of something. You're not denying his option. You know, beef stew, Isaiah Stewart. Nice. Poku at 17. Poku wouldn't play for the Suns, but at least he'd be this guy that would sit at the end of the bench. He'd be like, oh, the possibilities are endless. You know, that's that's kind of what we do yeah. with him. Um, Sadiq Bey, Precious Achua, Tyrese Maxey. I mean, RJ Hampton is, is another one of those like boomer bust type of guys. Emmanuel Quickly would have been helpful. Jaden McDaniels. Like, can you imagine Jaden McDaniels on that Suns team? Yeah. Super good. Desmond yep. Bain at 30. Like, obviously, yeah. you're not taking Bain at 10, but why did you take Jalen Smith at 10? Like, the Bain yeah. and Jalen Smith were going about the same spot in these mock drafts. Yeah. It's insanity. It's bad. It's We thought it was bad at the time, but people were like, whoa, well, hold off. They took a guy they shouldn't have taken in another draft, and so we got to hold off, and the Suns are like, yeah, you're. we've seen enough. <laughs> Suns have seen enough. We're done with Jalen Smith. That's it's just rare to have an option declined. I wonder how many times an option has been declined for a top ten pick in the draft. I don't it think this is many. Yeah, I don't think that this is even related to talent. It has to be something else. Like he is twenty one. It's too early to give up. It's way yeah. too early. Yeah, perhaps like it, it has to be something else. Like yeah, I was checking. Maybe the age. maybe not. Maybe not though. Like we watched him, he's kind of stiff. Yeah, I know, but still, like he's a cheap contract. Well, not very cheap, but you can trade four and him. A half, four and a half million on a on a team that's about to pay the tax for the first yeah. time in forever. But like, trade him to OKC to, for nothing, like for nothing. Okay, so you can go for get Obi. him for nothing now. Anyways, like he'll be a free agent. Like sign him to a minimum deal. Yeah, but come on, for like Roby. owners, like like general for managers Roby. do that all the time, like. <laughs> Give me a favor, like make me a favor here. I will like come on. That that like they could have gotten something useful. Like go like take back Ty Jerome. Like something like that. I don't give him back. Second. We're not giving you Ty Jerome for Jalen Smith. <sighs> give me a what? break. What is what is the value of Ty Jerome? Like a second? I don't know. They, He's awesome and friends. He's got friends on the team, McKelly. Yeah. Isaiah Roby. Friends, friendship. There's friendship there. Come on. Yeah, I'm not not doing it. I'm not trading. I'm not trading my friendship for Jalen Smith. I'm not doing it. Also, he might protect the rim a little bit, and I don't want that. That that is the problem. Yes, <laughs> he might actually block that some is shots. He, he could he could Moses Brown himself into a trade. You yeah. know, not uh not approaching that. Uh, okay, we're gonna talk stats. We're gonna look at uh, a couple different sites and a couple different areas of statistics for the Thunder that frankly don't matter. But we'll talk about it anyways right after this break. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. 
Head over to MichelobeUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. And we're back after that quick break. Uh, McKellie, I wanted to just take a look at cleaning the glass and just some some stats that are out there. I, I put a few of these out there this morning. But turns out the stats think that Josh Giddy's pretty good at passing. He's in the... You don't say. For, for a wing, he's in the 100th percentile for assist percentage and for assist-to-usage ratio as well, which mm-hmm. means he is pretty much the best. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, I like passing stats, as you may very well know. Um, yeah. I think that there are um, still, I mean, he's at the beginning of his passing journey uh, in the NBA. Um, I think that, like, but his vision, his timing, the timing is, the, the, the accuracy is not there. Uh, not to, like, he's not LeBron James in terms of accuracy. He's not, just not. But the fact that he can, like, do some of the passes already, like, the pass that he had to, um, I think it was to Kenrich. It was just such a beautiful thing. Like, it's extremely hard to do those things in rhythm. It was rhythm, a bullet, in, man. It was a bullet. Like, that thing yeah, was but in motion. In motion, like he yeah. was dribbling, yeah. and he he like did that. Like, what in the world? Like, this is not a regular like passer. I remember when we all saw um, Lamelo Ball uh, in in NBL, uh, and and he was a fantastic passer. Like, yep. I don't know why the hype for for Giddy was not as high. I mean, he is not the scorer that Lamelo is today, Mm-mm. but he can do stuff that Lamelo couldn't uh, in terms yeah. of passing. Like, he may be a better passer than Lamelo. Um, he he, so he this, the stats so far this season says that he is. By yeah, a very yeah. narrow margin. Yeah, he may be. He may be like Lamelo is a great passer, uh, yeah. but but like Giddy, boy, he does a few. He can do like stuff that that better in a basketball game. And it's not just mm-hmm. like throwing the ball here and there just for the sake of trying to make the the uh, the highlight reel. He's making very, very good passes that are very simple, like nothing fancy, mm-hmm. just timing, just uh, finding the right angle, finding the right um, moment to throw the pass. It's, it's just, um, he's just very good. Very, very good. And, and Lamelo has something that probably Giddy will not have um, in his entire career. He is a guy that can, in one dribble, can create so much separation. Uh, Giddy is not there yet, but he uses angles and he uses his like tall and strong body to to do stuff. He's more similar to Luca in that. In the again, not saying he's as good as Luca, but if you look at how mm-hmm. Harden, Luca uh, attack pick and roll, they use their body in order to put the defender on one side and leverage the fact that they can dribble with uh, with either hand. And, and and this is something that that Giddy already does. This is why he can get to the rim. Like if you look at him playing and you say, "Wow, he's there." How he did it that way like using his body to to put the defender on on the side and he's strong enough to keep him there like and again he's um he's not equal to lamello in terms of like ability to create space 
of the not nor to Shea. Like Shea is a master on creating space. Um, but it's um it's there. Like um the passing, it's really there. And to me it's I, I don't see that going away. Yeah. Yeah, it's he does have special vision. And that's something that we had kind of that I mean was pretty clear. And this the stuff that made you question Giddy heading into you know his first NBA season are the shooting, the the ball handling in particular that he's tighten up and the defense. And then you know, he's shown flashes of all of those being better. I thought that his dribble has actually been a little bit better than I thought it would be. Yeah. He he will get better. He's not atrocious. You know, he's still just has got to kind of recalibrate a little bit and mm-hmm. tighten up his handle. But you know who else had to do that once he got to OKC was Shea Gilgis Alexander. He was yeah. not great at getting to his spots using the dribble at first. It took him time. And the Thunder and Shea with Shea's like Shea's work ethic should be like number one on this list. Like Shea was yeah. willing to put in the work to yeah. make it happen. Next is the Thunder's investment in him. And, you know, I even asked Mark, I like gave Mark a a chance after the Warriors game to just kind of gush about Josh Giddy and he Talked about things he did well and like ended it with like, man, he's still got a really long way to go to get to where he wants to be, mm-hmm. you know, and he's, I feel like Josh has already been really good. And I think, you know, there's excitement, you know, throughout the league about him, but he's, he's got a ways to go to be the kind of player he wants to be. And I think Josh knows that and the team knows that. And I think it, it's, it's reason to be excited because if he, I think ultimately, I don't think as a as somebody that's watching the team, you'd really want Josh to be even your second best player on on your team. But if Josh Giddy's your third or fourth best player on your team, whoa, 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 whoa. why, why not the second? Like he he just started. Like I I understand. I'm I'm just saying that if if he is your third or fourth best guy, then I think you have a title team. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, That's is, what I'm that saying. is okay. Because yeah. I think that Shea can be one or two, you know, ideally two. Mm-hmm. And if if they were able to get a guy in this draft or the following draft, that was like, oh, my gosh, like he's your number one, you know. Yeah. That's probably not going to be this one, by the way. But anyway. In this next draft? Mm-hmm. It's, it's very possible that it's not. Hmm. I mean, if somehow the Thunder were able to get their hands on one Mignogna, you know? Yeah. He, he, if, yeah. He, yes, those kind of guys. <laughs> um, you know, if if they if that were somehow, if that were to happen, and I think I don't think the Thunder will be as bad as they are this year, next year, just because they'll have another year of development. More players will come in. There will be more talent here. But if you get like Pelicans lottery luck mm-hmm. and when Binyana ends up on this team, then I think you have a tie, like a team that could win the whole thing. Or at least you have the potential to win the whole thing again. Yeah. You know, because 
hopefully you get somebody good in this draft that can be one of your top four guys. You already have Shea and Giddy, and then you add somebody else on there. And then then you're talking about like a top four or five on your team that would start for anybody. Like I think Josh Giddy within the next two or three years will be a player that I think would start on almost any team because he can play one through three. I think he's going to be strong enough to guard some fours, uh, you know, later on in his career. I think he's just plug and play wherever you need him to be. And hopefully the shooting comes along a little bit because that, that will be a swing skill for him. Mm-hmm. And another reason why I'm just not confident that he could be your number two guy. But he's uh, way, way too early. I know, like, but what am I supposed to talk about, McKelly? I know it's early. <laughs> no, I but early. I mean, I mean, I, I don't know, passing, uh, that level of passing, uh, that is that is unique. And when you have it's so unique, rare, it is so so rare. It, yeah. I mean, look, you look at the list, yeah, yeah, and uh, like here in the chat, someone says he's tall, Rubio. Yes, but that is that is the least of the results being tall, Rubio. To me, like if you like, he's already there. <laughs> like it's not that he's going to drop below. Like what is Rubio that that Giddy is not? What is Rubio today that Giddy is not today? Uh, better defender? R- R- yeah, maybe, maybe. Giddy maybe. is a way more confident scorer, and it's yeah. me. Like yeah. Rubio has never, ever, yeah. ever been as confident of a scorer as Giddy is today, and Giddy's going to grow into his role more. He's going to become a more polished scorer. I believe that that, that that will happen just based on the work ethic, everything you hear about the kind of person that he is. It would almost be shocking if he didn't become like at least a decent level NBA score. Like I would be pretty surprised if he didn't become that. And I think people thought the same thing of Rubio, but Rubio came in really, really raw. And it was just like a guy that could defend and, you know, run the offense. And Rubio was a little bit older too when he came yeah. over. Than Giddy yeah, today. yeah. In Europe, in Europe, Rubio was amazing, and he's still amazing when he plays your basket. Um, yeah, but yeah. the point was, is, like, he was so good in this past yeah. summer. So, so yeah, good. but but the point is to me, like, um, Giddy is an elite passer. Giddy will make mistakes, yes. But if you if you think that the the career path of 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 Giddy is becoming Rubio. It means that you're drawing like a line that is slightly up, but slightly. Mm-hmm. Like this is again, like a, a like a worst case scenario, or like very like very. That's the that's that's the basement of what yeah Giddy's exactly gonna be. exactly. And, he, and the thing is, the thing that separates it though, like don't act like saying a six eight Rubio is like something like that's not good. If Rubio was six eight. He didn't play for all the team. He didn't. He didn't bounce around like he did. He's no, no. probably still on the Jazz. Yeah. If he was six foot eight. Yeah. The problem with Rubio is that Rubio can only play guard. Yeah. Like that, point guard. And the thing, yes, and the thing He's with Giddy, versatile. Yeah. Yeah, Giddy can play lots of positions and yeah. will get stronger and will be able to play one through four in his career. That will happen, and that kind of player. Even if that's all he becomes, is a starter on a good team. Yeah. Because yeah. of all, because of all that, you don't have to. Like, the thing with Rubio is like you're just limited. Like, he limits yeah. what you can do. He limits the no. flexibility but, of your lineup. 
yeah, like say that he doesn't become a better scorer than what he is right now. Great. Say that he becomes, it doesn't become a better passer. Yeah, I think he's a he's a play. He has a place in the league anyway, which is what Rubio yeah, is doing. No so, um, to me, it's just like yeah. yes, that is the floor. Um, and um, and hey, um, if he doesn't progress, that is the that is an outcome. I'm not saying that that he will improve, but the point to me is what we what we are seeing right now are things that can translate to the future. I mean. I named three things that are there and to me are there to stay. How he plays in pick and roll in terms of taking um, guys off the dribble to the rim. That is something that I see him doing against Mice Bridges, against lesser defenders, against anyone. He mm-hmm. he went at the rim against Gobert. Like, you don't do those things by chance. Um, mm-hmm. The second is the passing and we all know. The third is the rebounding. He's a plus rebounder. Uh, for his yep. size, like he yep. he really has a nose for them, and the more you play him, uh, the more you will see that. Especially if you play him against a cert- certain kind of defend of of other players, like he's usually on the perimeter. If he's not, then he may be a little bit more uh, effective on that. So those three skills are enough for me to say that, yeah, the the floor is pretty high, um, mm-hmm. but the ceiling, like. I didn't expect him to be that good at shooting. Uh, I I bet Jay that he will be a sub thirty percent shooter, and I still believe that that is the likeliest outcome. Outcome, but the the motion doesn't look as bad as it did uh, over the even over the, over the first few games. He's already better, <laughs> like he's already quicker. That I didn't expect, and so to me, putting a ceiling on Giddy, like no, no, no ceiling right now. Let's let's not put anything right now it's very hard project yeah i think that's that's the smart way to handle it as of today is that we've seen six games (laughs) let's see a little bit more before we go anywhere else uh let's just continue on on josh he currently leads all rookies in uh, assists per game at 5.7 for the class he's 5.7 5.7 to 2 turnovers uh, is quite impressive for a rookie. Mm-hmm. Like Jalen Suggs is 4, uh, 4 assists to 3.3 turnovers. Not quite as good as as Giddy. And then like nobody else is close to even 5 assists yeah. that Giddy's at per game. And just think about what we talked about earlier. Just think about if he had teammates that were... That were you know, making shots, you know, mm-hmm. that would help quite a bit <laughs> if you had just a team that was ready to score or ready to hit open threes. You know, I feel like I've seen it a, a million times where he throws to a wide open Baisley in the corner, you know, and Bays isn't able to cash in. You know, that's, yeah. that's probably something that we'll see quite a bit of. Do you remember where, when in the bubble, Mike Green, uh, used cash me out as when basically made trees. Yes, <laughs> that was Gosh, so that feels great. Like a lifetime ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it feels like, like an absolute years ago. Lifetime ago. That's 
It was such a it such a great. I love Mike Breen. The the, the thing that sucks the most the uh, about this season is not having national television on your team. Like having Mike Breen commenting the Thunder. That is something that I yeah. really miss. Doris Berg, some like, come on, give give me like a few of those. It's gonna be a minute. It's gonna be a minute, Macaulay, before yeah. we before we have that again. But in time. Uh, I did want to look at a stat that I felt like we tracked a lot last year, and it was just drives per game from Shea. Mm-hmm. He is he's second in the NBA in drives per game at 22 and a half. Malcolm Brogdon actually leads the league in drives right now at mm-hmm. 24 per game. Uh, some of that's b- by complete necessity for Brogdon because yeah. they've had so many injuries and are really kind of struggling. Uh, but the rest of the the leaders, John Morant is just behind SGA with mm-hmm. 21. Trey Young is fourth. Luka, John, Luka Doncic is fifth. And then Westbrook is sixth with 18.7. So uh, if you're wondering if Shea is still uh, elite with his just ability to drive the basketball, uh, he is. He's doing he's doing the same stuff. He's doing the exact same stuff, which is just good to see. Yeah, um, and, and the part that is lacking maybe today is like, um, and it was apparent. Then as soon as he had spacing around, him, he was much better at that. Um, the part that yeah. is lacking is just like the percentage from three, uh, and that will come. Yeah. I I am sure that it will come. But it, like it's it's amazing that with with how like he doesn't have talent around him. And yet, he's no. able to get his whenever he wants, um, which is just insane. Yeah. Uh, Talk about potential assists. Uh, Josh Giddy's averaging 10 potential assists per game. Yeah. On uh, top of the SGA. ones that are, that are actually assists. Yep. And yeah. then potential assists for Shea is 10.3. So he leads the team Yeah. Uh, in that category. So, and then... Yeah, I mean it's it's something to continue to watch for with Giddy. Yeah, is is that he to me is somebody that's going to create good shots and over the next several years, like can the Thunder find guys that are going to capitalize on those shots that are generated? And that's why I ultimately like really believe in in Kenrich and keeping Kenrich here because. He's a smart cutter. We talked about that cut that he made to the basket where Josh yeah. found him. He's shown the ability over you know, the last season and then just the few games so far this season to hit threes. I don't know if that continues. I have no idea. The shot looks good. I don't have any reason to believe other than just the past you know, that that, that won't continue. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to me, I just – and I've, I feel like I've said this a lot lately, but I just really do believe – that the minute you trade Kenrich, you're like a year or two years away from trying to find Kenrich again. Yeah. And to me, you might as well just keep him. If you're going to lose, if you're going to be in the bottom three in the standings, you might as well just keep him because I do think that he's a guy that can help you win later on. So like, if they got just kept him, they gave him an extension, they gave him a new contract, whatever you need to do. Yeah. And then when your team is ready to compete and he's coming off the bench for you and uh, he would have I was talking to special guest Royce Young about this the other day like Kenrich would have closed games for those Westbrook Durant teams they were like counting on like 
bad, bad Randy Foy. Yeah. You know, they were counting on Derek Fisher. Yeah. You know, with the, they were like, you remember what a big deal it was that the Thunder got Corey Brewer? Like, boy, that was a big deal. That was a big, big deal. And remember when he got hurt? Remember when he got hurt? Yeah. And everybody was like, oh my, what are they going to do without Corey Brewer? Well, they were going to lose with or without him. It didn't really matter. Yeah. But if Kenrich Williams was the guy to have those minutes instead, just keep him because yeah. finding those guys has eluded the thunder for years. Yeah. And this is why I the, think it's smart also to keep around a guy like Muscala that will not be a closer. Sure. Um, but if he he's, if he's willing to stick like a couple of years and sign like... Oh, he's willing. He, I, I mean, I would be shocked if something flipped for him. He loves it here. Loves yeah. it. And, and yeah, he can be the guy like when everything settles. I think he will be the guy that plays 15 minutes off the bench, 10, 15 minutes off the bench, provides spacing, provides versatility um, on offense. And, and yeah, he's just useful. And But but with Kenrich, I think he can be a little bit more uh, than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he can be the anchor of the second unit. I mean, I love when teams have a second unit that can really um, like put defense on the court. Like This is mm-hmm. why Igudala and Livingston were so great for Golden State. Because oh, when yeah. they were on the court, like they were amazing defensively. And if you can build an identity like that with a guy like Kenrich that can also shoot the basketball, like just just you're right. Keep him around. Uh it doesn't make too much sense uh to trade him away. Because you will never get the value. Uh that is always the problem with Kenrich and guys like that. Of course, if they give you like if you have pick number four and like whoever has number two says, Well, you give me Kenrich, you can get to two. Clearly, you do it, uh, but no one will, right. will ever. The value's not there. Yeah. No, no, no. That is the point. I mean, if you have a guy that is worth like a late first slash for uh, early second, it's extremely hard to re to recoup that value. Like, it's yeah, be- just because the thing is that once they're ready to go, they're going to be using the same pick that you got for Kenrich to try to get Kenrich back. Exactly. If he wants to stay, let him stay. Pay the guy. Maybe. A million more per year? Who cares? That that those I mean, are money for, that you can spend. I mean, t- yeah, would you shy away from paying him four years, twenty four million? No, it's would high. You shy but away no. from. F- I mean, to me, that's not even that high. To me, that's like outrageously reasonable. That is for what, a guy that's going. Yeah, that is what being in your top singular eight. Singular like a little bit less because the cap is a little bit higher. Yeah, it's it's fair. This is your chance. This is your chance to to redo the singular deal. And yeah. Do it right. Yeah, no, no. The player that can actually play. You can't do a deal like that without like without being mad. Um, and again, Alex and I talked about this two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. But like, he could be the Nick Collison of this era. Yeah, I know. Um, I I fully agree. He. he like he can be the guy who who put young players in line. And yeah, and you and you take and they took care of Nick Collison. Like they were like, okay, we want you to to be like the guy here. You're obviously not going to be the man, but you're going to be the guy. Yeah. And you know, Kendrick, I, I don't. It's it's just like way too early to say really anything about anybody or anything at all. Stats, mm-hmm. people, anything. But you know. If Kenrich stayed for a decade, like it's it's not unreasonable to think that 
Kenrich could have his jersey up in the rafters too, just like Nick Collison. You know, it's not. Well, know, if that happens, it means that he did something very good with this team, like Nick, which is what yeah. we what we want. I think it's totally possible. I think it's totally, totally possible. Uh, all right, that's all we got. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you're uh, on the stream, lots of people on the stream today. Thanks so much for joining us. And try to get through some names. Uh, enjoy the Clippers game tonight, guys. Tonight, you can root for the Thunder, which was fun. Um, let's see. Rog Thor is here. No Limit. James Anderson. Dude Buffet. Uh, Jacoby King is here. Uh, let's see. Dave Parrick is here. Josh Smith. Lawrence Field. Yanni. Carlos Munez is here. Midnight is here. Jay Smooth, Austin North, Spencer Smith. Let's see who else joined us. Appreciate it, guys. If you if you are subscribed to our YouTube channel, you can subscribe. There's always conversations going on uh, throughout the podcast. You may even make the podcast. Uh, Josh Smalley from Ethiopia is here. Leonardo is in the chat. Jeremy Weller. Guys, I know my connection has been just garbage this whole time, and I can't figure out why, so I do apologize. There's lots of uh, talk about that in the chat. (laughs) Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, We'll be figuring that out uh, after we hop off of here. Um, Anyways, Alex Bullerjack, my guy, White Black, is here. Thanks so much for joining, everybody. Hope you guys uh, enjoy your Monday. Luke Sewell. And we will talk to you guys again. Green light. Chad Scott in Yukon. 666 Felix 420. Frank Terman. Thanks so much for joining. We'll talk to you guys again on Wednesday. Oh, before we go. No, no, no. Before we go. Got to buy your tickets to November 15th. Go check that out. Down to Dunk Twitter page. We're doing Down to Dunk Night at the arena. It's going to be super crazy fun. You can still buy tickets, sit with us, go do a half-court shot after the game. If you make your half-court shot, you get a super-duper prize from the Thunder. And we're going to take a big down-to-dunk group picture. So, be there or be square. All right, talk to you guys again on Wednesday. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.